Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. There's evidence of life change all around us here at Waters Church, from baptisms to small groups, to Waters kids making Jesus the hero and leader of their lives. If you'd like to be a part of the life change that happens here week after week, you can. Just go to waterschurch.org give and select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining and we hope you enjoy today's message. Dishonor is everywhere. We see it in our national discourse. We laugh about it in our entertainment. We express it towards our fellow man. And we see more and more of it growing in our families. But dishonor is not God's desire for any part of his creation. God honors those who honor him and calls his people to live with honor for others. Who are we to honor and why? Join us as we discover God's secret weapon for his people's success. Honor in the house. talking about honor in the house part three today all about something that we all hold very close and dear to our hearts that is our parents We're talking about parents this weekend i'm noah Aguiar. i am the junior elevate youth director I'm kind of the gremlin of waters church who lives in the back corner of the building and every once in a while i come out and present myself but i'm so excited to be up here on the stage with you guys i don't know what tim was thinking by letting me on here but we're gonna have some fun all right, why don't you turn to the person you left and right, tell them to look beautiful today. Remember, it's not a first date, it's like an interview. You look beautiful, you look wonderful today. <laughs> some people get weird. I wasn't gonna make you do back rubs or something. Just massage the man to your left and right. Like, <laughs> no thanks. Imagine if that's how church was every weekend. I got a little joke for you guys this morning. You guys feeling good? You guys feeling good? You guys feeling all right? So a mother and a father are really concerned about their teenage son. They're worried about where he's going to go in his life. So the mom's like, what are we going to do to her husband? And he says, you know what, I have a great idea. She's like, fill me in. So he says, it's an old Buddhist tradition to pick three items and place it out in front of your child. And those three items, whatever he picks, determines where the child will go later in his life. So she's like, all right, that's a good idea. What are you going to do? So he grabs a $50 bill places it on the counter. She says, what's that for? And he goes, if he picks the $50 bill, our son is going to be a successful businessman. She's like, all right, I'll go with it. So then he takes out a bottle of whiskey and puts it on the counter. She goes, what does that mean? He's like, well, honey, I'm sorry to tell you, but if he picks this, he's going to be a drunk. So then finally he lays out a Bible and he says, if he picks this Bible, he's going to be a preacher. So mom's like, all right, well, what do we do? How do we, how do we see this? So he's like, you know what? We'll call him. We'll let him know that we're out on a date, but we're going to hide in the closet outside of the kitchen, so we'll see what he picks. So she's like, all right. So he calls his son. He's like, hey, son, your mom and I are going out tonight. Dinner's in the fridge. Just let us know when you're home. So the son walks through, tosses his keys on the table. He's like, parents aren't home, and what are those? Walks over to the counter, inspects it for a minute, picks up the $50 bill, holds it up to the light to get a good look at the watermark. Is it real? Oh, nice, this is a real 50. All right, so he puts it in his pocket. Then he goes up to the bottle of whiskey, cracks it open, sniffs it, gets the vintage. Beautiful. Closes it, puts it in his back pocket, and finally he picks up the Bible, opens it up for a minute. He's like, yeah, amen. Flips through, kind of skims through the Bible really quick. 
closes it, and then he goes upstairs. So the mom's like, well, what does that mean? He took all three. And dad's like, it's worse than I thought. Honey, I think our son is going to be a politician. Ha, ha, ha. Thanks. Every time I tell a joke up here, I feel like I'm on a weird stand-up comedy thing. Like, not like the good one. It's like the one where you find them in a basement and you see if the jokes work. So, we'll get through. So we're honoring the house part three. Last week we talked about authority. This week we're talking all about parents. I have a question for you guys. How many of you were born? <laughs> all right, not as many hands as I would hope. More than last service and even more from the service before. People were like, what? I have no idea. Yes, every person in this room has had parents. Whether or not you have a consistent relationship with your parents, whether you've known your parents your whole life, you have never known your parents, or you have the most wonderful parents in the world, this message today is going to apply to you. And I've learned a lot from it just reading this. When Tim approached me with this message, he's like, you're going to do a message on parents. I was like, cool. What do I talk about? Parents are cool. They let me sleep in my bed and take showers. They let me eat the food sometimes. It's cool. You know, but really, what are we going to talk about with honoring parents? And that's what I want to get into today. First off, I want to talk about Webster's Dictionary definition of the word parent. It is simply a mother or a father. Simple. Easy to remember. But the second definition, I think, is a little bit more important. I really want to take a closer look at that. This, I think, is a little bit more applicable to all of us in this room today. It's to be or act as a mother and father to or for someone to be or act as a mother or father. So I hope that this definition kind of changes your perspective on what a parent is, right? So let's take a look at Exodus, Exodus not eczema, Exodus twenty twelve. It's one of the 10 commandments. It is honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given you. I think a little bit of a, of a jokey way about this, this um, commandment. I don't find the Bible to be a joke, but I just think it's easy to remember when you think about it like this. When a parent tells you not to do something, what is the number one thing a parent tells a kid not to touch? The stove. Ten points. I don't have anything for you, but ten. To touch the stove, right? Eat your vegetables, right? Do your, clean your, wow, this is great. I feel like I'm a teacher, kind of. Not really. Anyway. But there are these simple principles that parents teach us throughout our lives that help us, like this verse says, to live longer, to be healthy, right? When you don't do things that make you an idiot, you just, you live longer, right? You don't do stuff like jumping over a wheelbarrow with your bicycle or taking the car out for a spin when you're too young and can't see over the steering wheel, things like that, things you can probably relate to when you were a kid. So simply put, this is saying that when you honor your father and mother, you don't end up dying because they're watching out for you, Right? But a little further into this verse, which I think is so powerful, it says, when, it, when you honor your father and mother, long are the days in the land, the land that God has given you. So that doesn't just mean the blessings are going to come to you, but they're going to apply to your family generations from now. So when you honor your parents, the people that God has put in your life, not only will you be blessed by it, but future generations of your family will too. I think that's an awesome verse and so powerful. But I want to throw this to, to you guys as well, is that maybe you're in this room and, you know, we're talking about parents and you're kind of like, well, what if I've never had a parent? What if I've never, you know, known my parents? What if these 
you know, things that you're talking about today, I should just tune out because I shouldn't really honor a parent that dis- that's dishonorable. We're going to talk about that today. This message applies to anyone and everyone in this room, and I'm so excited to talk about it. So let's get right into this today. We're going to go into Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Point number one tonight, sorry, not tonight, that was yesterday, this morning. I got so close. Both services, I was like, hey, good afternoon. This morning, I was like, good morning. Now I just... I ruined it. So close. I have a minute until the afternoon, so I was pretty close. Point number one is parents are God's perfect placement, but no parent is perfect. Parents are God's perfect placement, but no parent is perfect. Can I get an amen on that? Since I run Junior Elevate, I get to experience some of your children for an hour. One hour. You guys get them all the time. I give a lot of credit to you parents. I really do. Your kids are wonderful and we love them, but I give a lot of credit to you. And just in case you're wondering, you're like, you're up here today, who's watching over my kids? Nobody. Nobody is watching your kids right now. I'm just joking. All right. You guys are a little bit more warmed up. All right, let's check out Luke chapter two. Would you guys stay with me as we read God's word this afternoon? A little bit of context, we're going into the story of one of the most influential people in the Bible. We talk about him every single weekend here at Waters Church. That is, yeah, Jesus. Sweet. All right, cool. We're getting there. Verse 41, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but they had began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. Get this. After three days, they found him. That's like being lost in the supermarket for three days. You know, you don't know where your kids are. Kids don't know where you are. Three days. They found him And they were amazed at his understanding and his answers when they were talking to the elders of the church. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Boy, what the heck were you thinking? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Now pay attention to this part. And they did not understand this saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Submissive. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and men. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, we thank you so much for being here with us this afternoon, Lord, and this morning, God, that this is amazing to be in your presence. Lord, I just pray over the words of my mouth, let they be pleasing unto you alone. Let whatever your message is today be your words and help us to understand a little bit further what it means to truly honor our parents and most importantly, honor you. So in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. You can sit down. I always wonder if there's one pastor who's like, you can remain standing. (laughs) (laughs) So even Jesus had parents, right? Jesus, the son of God, had parents, earthly parents, and as we get into this story, we see a moment where Jesus is, is kind of staying behind. He's sitting with the elders in the tabernacle, and they're, 
they're astonished by what he's saying, but his parents are more concerned about where Jesus is than not. So they're all frustrated and flustered, right? You ever lose your kid somewhere? You're more upset, but you're okay that he's okay, right? Or she's okay. So they get there and they find Jesus there. And Jesus is like, mom, dad, chill out. I was just doing what God wants me to do. I'm about my father's business. They're like, it doesn't matter what you were, you're supposed to be home, right? So then he's like, all right, cool. I'll go home with you. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is this whole word of submission, this whole word of submitting. And he went back with them and Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with both God and men. I think it's so cool that Mary and Joseph were placed in Jesus's life for a purpose, right? Jesus, the son of God, did not come to the earth Terminator style as a full grown man blasting people with lightning and telling them they're going to hell or something like that, right? He didn't do anything like that. He came as a baby. He came as a human. Jesus left his heavenly place to come and experience life for us. And he needed parents. Jesus didn't know how to balance a checkbook or drive a car, right? Jesus was a child. He needed parents that were going to be able to raise him, watch over him, care for him, and be there for him when he needed it. Because Jesus was a child. So all of us in this room have had parents in our lives, right? And as we, we've mentioned before, a parent doesn't have to be biological. A parent can be someone who acts or cares for you like a mother or father would. So that's what I, I want to kind of hit first is that you might be in this room and you might have said, I have the worst relationship with my parents. I don't have a relationship with my parents. I've never even known my parents. Or you might be saying, I have the greatest parents in the world. But to those who have never experienced what a true, um, wonderful parents are like, I want to say I'm sorry. Because Mary and Joseph were placed, that's the word, that's the key word, placed perfectly over Jesus to watch, care for, and grow him as a young Jewish man. And you guys missed out on that from biological parents. Now the cool thing is, is that we're talking about honor this weekend. We talked about the first week, how honor doesn't mean celebrate. So you might be wondering, oh, how do I honor a dishonorable parent? How do I, how do I allow myself to honor a parent that was never there for me? And I wanna tell you guys, honor doesn't mean celebrating. It doesn't mean, hey, mom and dad, great job, or you had a, an, an awful time raising me. I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's not what honor is about. We don't honor by celebrating the job our parents did. We honor by this. You have the opportunity to do the exact opposite that your parents did for you. See, what God had done was he had placed Mary and Joseph over Jesus the same way he placed your biological parents over you, and they didn't do that job. So now you have the opportunity to honor that by becoming exactly what God wants you to be. So furthermore, we have this moment where Jesus is, is there in front of his parents and they kind of face him with this moment. They're like, you're supposed to be home. But Jesus knows who he is. He knows the job he has to do. He knows what God has called him to do, but he still submits to his parents who are placed perfectly in authority over him. See, that word submission means to put yourself under someone else's authority. Jesus recognized that his parents were there over him because God wanted them to be. See, Mary and Joseph raised Jesus as a young Jewish man, not for the sake of just raising him so he could become of age and then leave. They raised him so Jesus could have context in the area that he grew up in. Now pay attention to that. You might have grown up in the worst household. You might have had the worst experiences, but you can relate to somebody that you know who's been through that in a way no one else can. 
See, Jesus had a position in Jerusalem. He was there and able to relate to the people around him who had grown up with that kind of family. Funny enough, Jesus didn't even have a perfect family. Get this, Joseph is never mentioned after this portion of the Bible. Interesting. Some scholars believe that Joseph died and wasn't in the picture anymore. Or some scholars believe that Joseph left the family. And they point to that scripture where he says when he finds out Mary's pregnant and he says he wanted to divorce her quietly. Some scholars believe he died. Some scholars believe he left because he couldn't take that anymore. But Jesus didn't have a perfect family. But look at the impact Jesus made. So I want to encourage you guys with that this morning. And when you honor, it's not celebrating. It's taking that position of parenthood and honoring the fact that God put it there. Because God wants to do something in your life. You guys still with me? Cool. So Jesus is the most perfect example, not because he's Jesus, but because he submits to that authority. And he lives out that commandment. And through that, Jesus grows in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. Just like the verse says, honor your father and mother and long may the days be. You grow up, you learn. These are experiences that only you can have. Now, I I can't be in your shoes. I can't say I know exactly how you feel, what it's like, because I had wonderful parents that love me and that care for me, but God can use any situation, any situation. I had wonderful parents, but they placed something so deep in me that I didn't even know existed. My parents were Christians from the beginning. They, they taught me all about Jesus. They wanted me to learn about him and, and become a wonderful Christian man. Your parents might have wanted you to become something successful, might have wanted you to become something in their minds, but ultimately God was using that situation so that today, here, now, you can realize God was doing something in your life the whole time. Beautiful thing. Parents, right? Who would have thought? I'm just joking. We, that's why we're doing it. So, you know. I want to get to point number two today. Parents aren't just physical. Parents aren't just physical or are not always physical. Like we learned at the beginning, the definition of parent is to be or act as someone who is a mother or father to or for someone else. And I want to let you know that I wasn't, I'm not just here today I'm not just on this stage. I'm not just a part of this church because my parents did it. I had people in my life that acted as spiritual parents for me. One of them, I I love to mention him. He's a wonderful man. He's He's a pastor at a church in Smithfield. His name is Mike Woodward. Weird guy. Probably the weirdest guy I've ever met. He had no childhood, so he wanted to kind of be a cool guy for all the teens. And we were like, all right, whatever. But what he did for me was that he he decided to take me under his wing and show me a Jesus that I had never experienced before. Show me a Jesus that loved like no one else, that cared like no one else, and that submitted to this authority that we've talked about and submitted to these parents and what it's like to live like that. And he grew me and shaped me in the same way that Paul shaped Timothy. 1 Timothy 1-2, excuse me. This is Paul talking about Timothy. To Timothy, my true, what? Child in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul wrote to Timothy like he was his own child. Timothy didn't have a good home life. Timothy was kind of in this weird crossroad, right? Timothy, his dad was Greek and his mom was a Christian. 
His dad wanted him to learn about philosophy and Greek thinking, and his mom wanted to learn, have him learn about Christianity. Being at the tightest position of, of being torn between your parents and learning from Paul to submit to your parents and to, to uh, listen to that authority that God has put over your life, that's a tough position to be in when you have two people tearing you in opposite directions. But what is so cool is that we kind of get a glimpse of what spiritual parents look like. It doesn't have to be biological. I want us to get that. Spiritual parents be or act as a mother or father in the faith to you. Maybe some of you are here today because some spiritual parent was like, hey, go to church, go to church, go to church, go to church. Hey, you should come, you should come, you should come. It'd be really cool. It's awesome. It's wonderful. And you think they're the most annoying person in the whole world. But we all think our parents are super annoying, right? I love my parents, but they are annoying sometimes. But I love them, but they're annoying. Spiritual parents are the same way. They nag you, they poke at you because they want the best out of you. They want the best for you. And when you have somebody who is connected to Jesus and connected into a source like that, they're going to fight tooth and nail to make sure you get that too. So we have Timothy here who is, who is in this position, right? And then Paul writes to him in 2 Timothy 1.5. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. He recognizes the faith Timothy has in him. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and now your mother Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you as well. There's that verse. Long may the days be in the land the Lord God has given you. You have a generation right there of honor. A spiritual parent like his, his grandmother who taught him about Jesus, who helped him understand who was set a, something deep inside him, a root that couldn't be uprooted on a f- solid foundation. And then so from there, his mother took that position and she started to build a faith in him and grow in faith. And Paul recognized that there was a gap in Timothy's life. Recognized that there was no father figure for Timothy to look up to in that way. So he took that role. He said, Timothy, I I recognize this faith in you and I want to continue to grow it. Timothy was one of the youngest church leaders. One of the youngest church leaders at the time. It's amazing. And there's there's so many many things that, that Paul had done for Timothy that no one else had done because he assumed the role of being a parent. I want to challenge you guys with that today too. You don't have to be a physical parent, but if Jesus has done something in your life that's amazing, find somebody to be a parent to because they're looking for it. See, I didn't want to take Jesus seriously. I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I, I didn't want to be up here, all right? You know what I wanted to be? I wanted to be a basketball player for Duke University. There ain't no way, but I can ball up though. And if you guys want to take this outside after, I'm just joking. But there was no way, but God brought me around through my parents, brought me around through these spiritual leaders, and today I can stand here and be up here. I can be a part of this with you guys. You know, this is the, the first time I've ever been on the stage for the weekend. I've done First Wednesdays before. I've done a few. Oh, which reminds me, there is First Wednesday in June. Just letting you know. So go. Okay? First Wednesday in June. Bring it back. Okay, so we're talking about a spiritual parent, right? We're talking about someone who is about to go above and beyond for the sake of knowing that there is something in you that God wants to grow in you. So I think this is so cool. I think there is always something whenever I write a message or put a message together that, that really just sticks out to me, and I have to say it. I think this is the one thing that changed my entire relationship for the good, This is the one thing that I learned about that really shaped everything and who I am. 
And I mean it. I'm not just trying to get you guys to listen to the, to the end of this message. We're going to take a look at Revelation today. We're not doing any, like, prophecy or weird stuff. I'm not going to bring up any dragons or something, so don't worry. Ooh. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a look at Revelation chapter 19. I think this is, yeah, I think this is the defining moment that changed my life, and I'll talk about it in a second. But this verse says, 19.7, little verse. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Bless you. When we talk about God, we talk about God the what? Father, God the Father. And we are his what? Children. If God has a bride, that's the church. If you don't have a family, now don't miss this. You have a spiritual mother, the church and you have a father in heaven. Man, that gets me every time. I don't think you get that. The, the, the thing is, is that I didn't get what it was like to have real parents. I kind of neglected the fact that my parents were always there for me. I didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. I grew up and I was sick of it. I was annoyed with it. How do I, I, how do I honor my parents? They're already here. Yeah, I love them. That's great. But the point is, is it wasn't until I got involved at a church it wasn't until I stepped through these doors and I got involved. I got involved in the teen ministry. Elevate. When it was in its baby stages. I got involved there. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was kind of like, oh, I should probably join a youth ministry. I think that's a thing that Christians do. I'll just do it. So I joined Elevate. And I had spiritual parents in Elevate that, that really took the time to make sure that I understood how much Jesus means to me and how important he is. And so I stayed in Elevate for a couple of years and then they asked me to run Elevate. And so then I had the opportunity to be that parent to some kids who didn't have it. I was, I was 17 years old, 18 years old. Being a spiritual parent to these kids I had never seen before, had no relation to because of the faithfulness that people had in honoring their parents, I was able to do the same. Right, it gets even further. So then after, after I was done with that, I, I started to do the, the Junior Elevate ministry. Started that up because I realized that our middle schoolers need just as much help as our teens. And they gave it over to, to Josh Vining, who's doing an amazing job in the teens. It's beautiful to see. There starts to become this family when you honor the house. You start to see generation after generation growing up in Jesus. And then even further, I'm up here today by Tim's crazy idea. I'm up here today. Not because I have it all together, but because I would like to consider myself a living example of what it means to honor this house. It wasn't, if it wasn't because of this spiritual mother who watched over me, cared for me, was there for me when I needed to help me grow in the same way that Timothy needed a mother to grow him. In the same way I needed a heavenly father to guide me and direct me. If it wasn't for those spiritual parents in my life, I wouldn't be here. So my question for you today is, who are those people in your life? You don't have to answer it. I want you to think about it. Because they were setting an example for you to be for someone else. 
Paul saw that gap and filled it. Somebody saw that gap in my life and filled it. So if you don't have parents, this could be your family. If you don't have somewhere to go, your mom and dad are here. It's a beautiful thing. It's so funny how like God uses just such a simple thing we neglect every day. Simple, easy, your parents. And we all have them. You've all been through different situations, but you've either had a physical parent, a biological parent, somebody. God has made sure that he provided you with someone to look out for you. No matter who it is, you probably can think of a person right now. You probably think of a spiritual person who led you here, a person who's a spiritual parent for you. Maybe you're in this building today because of that. Man, that's powerful. Because I wouldn't be the man, I would probably be dead in a ditch somewhere if it weren't for those people in my life. I wouldn't be able to speak so passionately about a God who loves, cares, and died for me. And that's a beautiful thing too. Jesus is the true and better parent. A parent would do anything for their kid, right? Well, he did. He took that extra step, died for you and me so that we could be a part of a perfect family of imperfect people. Jesus is amazing. <laughs> died, literally died, did what a parent always says they will do for you. Died for us so that we could be there. Now, as you guys go home and you guys think about who your spiritual parents are, I want you to, to look around in your life. Like I said, there's a context for why you're here. Your life experiences, who you are, the languages you speak, the school you went to, everything was being groomed in you so that you can impact someone's life for the glory of the gospel. Now, you might be in this room and you say, like, I've never been brought up a Christian. I've never been a part of a family. Well, this is your chance. See, there's, there's always, a, there's always a, a, a door open moment in God's family. You ever have that? You ever walk into like a friend's house and like you can just open their fridge, grab what you want, leave. You don't even have to knock. It's just like, hey mom, to not your mom or dad. That's what it's like being in God's family. You could walk into this building and I guarantee you there are places in here, people in here that are willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that you know that Jesus loves you. We have small groups, we have starting point classes, we have connecting people who are here, we have church elders and leaders up here after every service just willing to have a moment with you. Always remember that if you don't have parents, this is where you can get them. <laughs>